With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the official podcast of the Seton Hall Sports Poll, sponsored by the Sharkey Institute at Stillman School of Business at Seton Hall University. My name is Seth Everett. The director of the Seton Hall Sports Poll is Rick Gentile. And Rick, I know that you always look at the Olympics a certain way simply because you directed all the coverage when it was on CBS many years ago. How did you take these Winter Olympics? Well, I actually enjoyed their coverage. I thought they did a much better job of trying to capture um, live programming. Um, you know, the primetime show wasn't the... I, I've not been a fan of NBC's coverage over the years because of all the reasons that you kind of read about, the over-dramatization and lack of live programming, et cetera. But um, I thought they did a much better job this year. The only issue was that the events that they had in primetime were scheduled too late. So they did really well on the West Coast where it was live across, you know, it was live across the board coverage. But um, on the East Coast, it just it just got too late. And that that's, you know, you can prepare for that with the organizing committee by by trying to manipulate the coverage, the uh, schedule a little bit. Uh, and I, I don't know, I'm not privy to what their relationship was with the organizing committee. But um, but again, generally on the coverage side, I thought they did fine i enjoyed it now this poll was taken during the course of the games and it's interesting on the timing of it because and this is not a criticism of the poll it's more a criticism of the fact that there always seems to be a fade out it seems like the excitement going into it the opening ceremonies do a wonderful job of getting you into it and then you want to see things happen. And then depending on how it goes, even though the United States did much better towards the end, you just notice this kind of fatigue from 17 days of skiing and jumping and, and, and speed skating and hockey. Like, it just seems like it's a lot for the average American to take. Do you think as far as these numbers of just interest, and we'll get into all the, the numbers, but do you think those interests would differ if the poll was held, let's say, four days later? Well, I, you know, I, I think I don't necessarily agree. I do agree that there's fatigue in viewing because it's, there's so much on. And now, uh, even more than in the, back in the old days where, where we only had the, the sort of network coverage, they've got whatever, four or five different, different channels. And, um, you know, and plus the streaming of everything, there, there's just a ton, thousands of hours, literally, of, of programming. But the schedule um, for the for the Winter Games particularly is advantageous for the network because you backload the women's figure skating, which is the premier event in the games. Um, and, th and that was the case. So that their ratings actually picked up as they went along because they had they had figure skating. They had some of, because of delays and weather problems, the, uh, the, the sexiest of the ski races were, were in the second week. Having said that, 
you know, the price you pay for ha for bombarding the the the, uh, the audience with so many hours of coverage is unfortunately there is this sort of built-in fatigue. I mean, yeah, when, it, when I did the Olympics, human nature. yeah, it's it's yeah. human nature. Yeah, yeah. when when I did the Olympics, all three cases, um, our ratings in week two were always better than week one because we we had for, we started the the second week with men's figure skating, and we ended the Wednesday and Friday of the second week we had women's. Mm. So you know, it, it, we we it was it's like the the Ed Sullivan show and the Beatles, you know. <laughs> You get you get rid of Topo Gigio early, and you and you kind of say the Beatles are coming, and everybody sticks around. So, uh, but but it, it's and for people now. obsessed with podcasts, the Beatles just Wikipedia. Just don't worry. Yeah, right, they never heard. Of Ed them. Sullivan was a good broadcaster. <laughs> just Wikipedia, please. Yeah, right. Check it out. And in fact, there's a there's a channel on uh, Sirius Radio dedicated to the Beatles. Check it out. It's pretty good. <laughs> And, and the questions that I'm referring to are, you know, which uh, ongoing, well, no, would you say your interest in the Winter Olympics currently taking place in Pyeongchang is greater than, less than, or about the same as interest in previous Olympics? And 52% said about the same, 18 said less than, 15 said not interested at all. And did you think those numbers were consistent? Now that I, now that I, we kind of outlined the, the the slope that they go on, what do you take out of that number? Well, well, I'm not surprised. Again, the the ratings were down, you know, f throughout. The the, uh, the the ratings for the opening ceremony were were considerably lower than two, than uh, four years ago. So, um, I, I'm not at all surprised. Um, you know, I think I, they really came out to be very close to where I would have guessed. This is this is not unusual. Um, but yes, you know, it's it, it's impossible to sort of judge. Well, when should you do the poll? The first week when when nothing's right, well, that's, happened yet, right. That's the debate. Yeah. Yeah. So but, um, you know, the, the, I thought these numbers Well, the telling part is that, um, you know, 33 percent, if you add less than and not interested at all, um, that that comes out to 33 percent. So one in three people were either less interested than in the past or not interested at all. And that's. And that's not good. That's not good. When you lose, when you lose one out of three people, that's not a good thing. Right. Uh, there's no no question about it. Uh, which ongoing sports event or season are you most interested in? The Winter Olympics, college basketball, the NBA, the NHL, or the opening of baseball's spring training? Uh, Thirty-one percent said Winter Olympics. Uh, Seventeen percent said the NBA. Uh, Ten percent college basketball, twelve percent spring training, and six percent said the NHL. It's an interesting question, only because it's the first question that was asked, and the reason why I say that is people didn't know this was going to be a poll about the Winter Olympics or about sports and at all. Actually, that we, when we do the poll, we we um, we never point. tell the, the the respondent that it's a sports poll, and in fact, when they ask what is it about, we say uh, sort of general topics or you know whatever, but we never say sports. Um, so you know that yeah, this was the first question, and and I, I thought it was I, w I wasn't real surprised with the thirty with the Winter Olympics response that thirty you know again one in three people are most interested in that, but um, I was surprised that the NBA did as much better at, than college basketball 17 to 10 as it did in the past college basketball has kind of outrated the nba in this in polls people seem to tend to be more interested in college basketball especially you know this time of year as we're heading into the the ncaa tournament and everybody's talking about seating and are they going to get in and bubbles and blah 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 
the NBA's had a really outstanding season and um, and is is really growing. I think. I mean, my my impression is that the NBA is is the healthiest of all the sports now. Not to say that the ratings are better than, for instance, the NFL, but just in terms of of interest and growth, I I, I think the NBA is on the right track. Social media has been a big part of it. I, I mean, I think I think there's a whole other poll to be done about this and. You know, I, I think there's a lot of things going well with the NBA. Um, somebody called it, and I, I think this, I, I don't, I, I'd give the credit if I could. The NBA is like reality television. And the storylines, the who wants to play with who, and this guy's friends yeah, with this yeah. one, and this guy, was, that is, that, that's, that, that's like uh, the real world. Well, this um, just... The, the games aren't as interesting as the story. Exactly line. right. I was just going to say that the, the the compelling personalities in the NBA there's there's just a, a lot of them. There's a lot of really really interesting guys, and um, far, far more interesting. That was the point I was going to make. Far more interesting than the actual games, but um, and social media is huge. huge. You know, no huge question about it. And 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 it's not just in this country. The the NBA is much stronger internationally than than certainly any of any of the other professional sports or or for that matter collegiate sports they yeah they just um it's not a bad time for the NBA it's interesting and and you, yes you have to mark the perspective uh the results here 31% said winter olympics and that's where i thought that number was 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 so interesting the NBA has a fraction of the NFL's ratings the NBA right. doesn't even outrate baseball um, if you're going to compare apples to apples, um, the difference is national broadcasts outrate uh, regular season broadcasts of the NBA, but not the, on the local levels. Right. So it, it's in, it's 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 just a fascinating storyline. Um, yes, you want to have the argument. There's still only three good teams. It's it's fine, but there are a lot of young stars, and there's a lot of young things happening with the NBA. And right. I, for one, who have been a huge critic of the NBA. I'm taking a second glance. And I well, think the guy I'm, I'm who deserves the credit is Silver. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, is, is he's done a remarkable job. I, I, I don't know. You know, yes, certainly. I mean, whoever's in charge is doing a great job. But, I, but it might just be a, a, fact, a factor of the time that we live in that um, Maybe. The, the social media lends itself to this. And when you think about um, b- basketball has always been the sport where you can most easily see the players' faces. Sure. You know, they're right there in front of you, whether you're at the game or on television, you're right there, you can see them. And as I said, with all the compelling personalities, suddenly all you hear about, you know, a a college scandal breaks out, you know, with this this FBI investigation and all that. Um, And who do we hear from? We hear from LeBron James. You know, it's just amazing. uh, It is. It's just amazing that that the NBA players have really become the the. sort of media darlings much more than any any players in any other sport it's it's fascinating like i said it's a it's a whole it's a whole other topic and well you know we do a poll in march and uh and yeah it should be thinking that the poll in march is and we'll do it while the ncaa tournament is going on but it's going to be very much about the ncaa tournament and and comparing it to the nba we'll see that'll be right and that's the fascinating part because the tournament is not the college basketball season right and 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 I, you know, I, I'm just speculative here, but I think that you're talking about a sport who's literally just built for that tournament. Whereas, I mean, look, I'm a I'm a Syracuse alum. I watch the games, but 
I barely know anything that's going on in college basketball. I There is not a college basketball minute that I'm paying attention to, whereas I read the news. I see the stories in the NBA. I know who's traded. I love the story in uh, in Cleveland about that company that there's some private firm in Philadelphia that did three billboards outside of South Cleveland right, to, get, um, to, get, to get LeBron James LeBron. to join the Sixers well, yeah, to those, do a spoof of, of that movie, The Three Billboards Outside right. Ebbing, Missouri, which is a great film, by the way. But it, just the idea that they, they, they pulled something off like that, like that's better than any highlight you can play me. Yeah, no, it's true. And that, that's the point. It's that the, the personalities are overwhelming sometimes. And also the fact that, of course, that they're professional athletes and they can do media, they can do commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their their names and likenesses are their own and, and they can be paid for them. Sure. Um, so so there's a lot of advantages in that sense. But you're right. It'll be interesting to see what happens next month because the, the NCAA tournament, tournament is is an entity unto itself. It really is. It's a unique, you know, 60, basically 67 games, life or, life or death. Uh, you win, you move on, you lose, you go home. And it's nationwide. Almost every community is involved in some capacity. Um, so it really is. It's a, just a great grassroots sporting event. It's always been one of my favorite things. And I, I did a lot of them as executive producer at CBS. Um, and it and and just the 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 intensity of the following and and whatnot is great, but um, I'm curious now with with the NBA and the social media explosion, uh, how much that'll sort of eat into the NCAA. Although I expect that we're going to hear comments about the tournament from the NBA players on social media because yeah, they follow it too. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They support their alma maters, you know, not in the case of LeBron James, but uh, but, but definitely uh, support their their schools. All right, staying with the media, but back to the poll. Uh, for many years, Matt Lauer hosted NBC's morning Olympic coverage, and Bob Costas hosted the evening presentation. Do you think the morning Olympic coverage on the Today Show is as good without Matt Lauer? Not as good, or about the same? Thirty-two um, percent said about the same. as good, 11% not as good, 42% said no, no, don't know or no opinion. Um, That's interesting because that's, it's not apples to apples with Lauer and Costas because one was, was, was fired by NBC uh, because of sexual harassment claims. Whereas Costas is still employed by NBC and it's just not doing the Olympics. Right. Yeah, and exactly, and it's not, and we didn't compare the two of them directly, really, for that reason. Um, but but another reason is that Costas had so much more visibility over the years as the primetime host, and Lauer did the Today Show, so he was on the air from seven to nine in the morning, um, whereas Costas was on it, you know, again in the in seven to eleven or eight to midnight or whatever. Um, but um, you know, Costas is certainly. Uh, it came out better in the in the poll. It, right. It, let's let's know, give the let's give the Costas number. Forty uh, percent said about the same. Sixteen not as good. Twelve percent said as good. Thirty two no opinion. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think people have basically said we, you know, yeah, to a degree we miss Costas, but the truth is the the real response was it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. They're not it's, making you know, a big deal. Right. Yeah, it's you know, and and I thought that was that was good for, frankly, for Tirico. Um, you know, the fact that Mike Tirico took some some knocks early on. Nobody said, "Oh, I can't stand it." When 
when we did the Olympics at CBS the first time, we, we did a couple of uh, focus groups afterwards to see, you know, did you like what we did and whatnot? And, and one of the questions we asked was, who, who did you think was the best of the hosts in the various day parts? And Jim McKay won every day part. Hmm. which is great, except that Jim McKay wasn't working for us. He was right. He was He's an ABC. ABC guy. He's an ABC you know, guy. So, but people, <laughs> Olympics are Jim McKay. He's my favorite. But yeah. he, you know, <laughs> that's so, so, you know, that's, that, that was talk about a, a you know, some, a, a hill to climb over that, you know, um, but, but in this case, Costas, to me, at least my interpretation is he, he didn't, he certainly didn't create the kind of, uh, following that McKay did when he was doing Olympics for ABC. As far as watching the Olympics and as far as how people were consuming it, you know, you mentioned the West Coast seeing it differently, but how much did the internet play into this? They're setting streaming records all over the place. It just seems fascinating to me because everything is so in its infancy. How, of course you're setting records. How many Olympics have been around that you've had the internet and, and you've had the ability to stream? Well, this is, you know, the, the, the internet was almost, in terms of sports viewership, was almost made for this because, you know, if you watch, if, the, if, if you talk about, do you watch the Super Bowl on television or on or in a streaming, you know, people who are home are going to watch on television. They might use a second screen kind of thing. But the Olympics is different the way it can be presented. You can watch the entire uh, luge competition. Whereas in prime time, they're going to show you 17 minutes, you know, three segments, 17 minutes, good night. But if you like the sport, you can watch all of it and live. And if you, and if you're, you know, get up at three in the morning and you can't go back to sleep, which of course happened to me, you know, you, you put on the app and you say, what uh, something's on it's five o'clock at night. And, in, in uh, you know, in South Korea, something's going to be on and you find something. So, this event is really made for that. Um, I think World Cup soccer is another one, uh, although Fox is sort of promising that they're going to do just about every game on television. Um, but still, you know, there's there's always going to be a game on. Um, but but really, the Olympics is unique in the in their ability in in their in in their um, what's the word in in the way that they can be absorbed by by watching the streaming coverage. Pretty, pretty interesting. All right. So let's go to the poll. Where have you watched more Olympic coverage? NBC's primetime daily or other TV networks or streaming coverage on handheld devices? 17% said streaming 12% said other TV networks while 54 said NBC primetime. Right. And that 17% is really eye opening on its own. But then when you dig a little deeper among people, 18 to 29, which is the desired a demographic for advertisers, the 17% is a really interesting number, and it's higher than we've ever seen for any other event in the times we've asked. But when you dig a little deeper into those numbers, 44% of people aged 18 to 29, 44% chose streaming. That's almost as much, 47% said television. So, um, you know, that, that's pretty much a dead heat. And for, for, for that age group, the most desired age group by advertisers to, to watch as much streaming as television is, is you know, revolutionary. It, it sort of, it sort of tells us what we kind of already knew about cord cutting and whatnot, that, that there's a whole generation of people who, who are now completely committed to, to streaming coverage. 
That's pretty amazing. Are you more likely to watch an Olympic event if it's presented live, or does it not matter if the presentation is delayed? 66% said it doesn't matter. Yeah, but 30% said it does. Um, so one out of three people um, are saying, I, I'd rather see it live. And that speaks to what NBC was doing in prime time. When NBC chose in other Olympics to not put anything live in prime time, um, they're basically saying to these 30% who prefer it live, hey, you'll, you'll take it the way we give it. You know, um, it's, it's a seller's market. And now what we see is people, are, people have you know, fairly strong feelings, quite a few people. You don't want to ever give up a third of your audience. All right, a couple other uh, uh, discussion, uh, topic discussions. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence attended the Olympic opening ceremony in South Korea and was seated in the VIP box with various foreign dignitaries and heads of state. He remained seated when the combined North and South Korean team entered the arena during the Parade of Nations. Do you think it was appropriate for him to remain seated while others stood? A whopping 66% said no. 18% said yes, and 16% had no opinion. Your reaction to that number? Well, I, I was a little bit surprised, and mostly because usually when we ask questions about this administration, we get, no matter almost no matter what the question is and what the subject is, we get between 30 and 40% sort of supporting whatever it is they did, whether it's Kaepernick's kneeling or what, you know, whatever the issue is. Um, this time, only 18% were supporting the, 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 the vice president's choice to, stay, to remain seated. I, I watched, and I thought it was incredibly rude, and I didn't, even, I didn't even think about politics. The fact is that the host nation was coming in, and tradition is that you, know, you, you stand up when the host nation comes in, um, especially because of the... the um, historic nature of the two North and South Korea coming in together, the, you know, the limited number of athletes from North Korea, but they walked in and, as one entity. Um, and I thought w watching, you know, he's sitting with, with all these heads of state and the, and the Olympic heads and everybody in the boot in the box got up. It was about 20 people and he remained seated. He and his wife remained seated. I thought it was just rude. And I think lots of people agreed. And the, supporters were only 18%, about half of what we usually see. So, you know, I, I guess, I guess the thinking, my thinking is that this almost transcends politics, which almost never happens anymore. Nothing transcends politics. So I, I thought it was, I, I, I was in a sense pleased to see it because as I said, my reaction was that was rude, um, but surprised that, that we, I anticipated getting 35% saying, yes, I support him. You know, you're not you're not wrong in any way. And uh, I, you know, I think it's it, it's very tough because and this ties into the NBC comment. Um, and I'm, I'm jumping from back to back because I didn't want to do this whole podcast on NBC. But, you know, with the replacement of Bob Costas, Mike Tirico, and I'm a, a public supporter of Mike Tirico, we're Syracuse alums and, and, and whatnot. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that Mike Tirico stayed away from anything political. He didn't want to get to any of the stuff. And even in the closing ceremonies, which is after this poll was taken, when the Russian players who won the hockey gold uh, sang their anthem at their at their ceremony, even though they were told specifically not to do that. And they were still allowed to walk in the in the in the closing ceremonies. Yeah, it, it just seems like 
they, it, it's 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 rudderless. It seems like there's no rules to this thing. And I'm not defending what Mike Pence did, but where's the etiquette there? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the Olympics doesn't have hard and fast things. I didn't understand why Olympic athletes from Russia were even allowed to participate. If well, you're banned, you're banned. And now they're unbanned. Um, but, but, you know, I, 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 I kind of chalk that up to, to patriotism, um, you know, that, that they sang their anthem because they wanted to show that they, in fact, are Russian and that they're, you know, patriotic, et cetera. Um, the fact that they were told not to do it, you know, I, I think that's kind of the issue is that who's, who's running the shop here? You know, the, the administration of the Olympics is a little weird you know, banning the Russian team, but letting hundreds of athletes compete uh, and then announcing as soon as the Olympics is over, okay, the ban is over. It's like, what are we doing? You know, none, none of it, there's no consistency and none of it makes any sense. Um, uh, nevertheless, on a human level, you know, maybe because I've been to so many Olympics, I, I, I always, I always stand when the host country comes in, whatever, wherever I am, whether sure, I'm in Sochi or Nagano or Atlanta, that's what you do. But um, anyway, you know, it's it, it, the, to me, again, the most surprising thing is it didn't break down on the usual um, sort of party lines. It didn't it didn't reflect the the uh, what's always referred to as Trump's base. Um, the, the, that 37, 38 percent, whatever kind of went away. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Staying on the uh, the, the social issues or, or political issues, Fox News host Laura Ingram uh, in response to comments by LeBron James and Kevin Durant criticizing President Trump, said the players should shut up and dribble. Do you strongly approve, somewhat approve, somewhat disapprove, strongly disapprove, or have no opinion regarding Laura Ingram's statement? I'm just going to precursor with this by saying I was offended, and I could not believe Laura Ingram was part of the media that I'm in. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, it was. It was there, although although what what I found out, I, I I was shocked to hear that, um, because to me it had racial overtones. But what what I found out in the ensuing days was that that seems to be her go to line for people who she disagrees with. You know, shut up and whatever seems to be her thing. But um, nevertheless, never having said that, which which is her defense. Um, to me, it was so completely insensitive and ridiculous, and the public agreed. It was yeah. Well, let's give the numbers to back that up. Thirty-five uh, percent said strongly disapprove. Eleven uh, percent said somewhat disapprove. Nine uh, percent said somewhat approve, and sixteen percent said strongly approve. You can see all these numbers, by the way, on the Seton Hall Sports Poll blog. Just Google it, and you'll find it uh, in in two seconds on the Seton Hall. Uh, website. Yeah, um, so what we're seeing there is 25% either strongly or somewhat approve, and 46% either strongly or somewhat disapprove. So it's almost twice as many people, uh, which which is, you know, again, not all that surprising, but um, uh, somewhat comforting, I think. Uh, shut up and dribble. If there's anything that's going to make me like LeBron James more. Yeah, it was really, and Kevin Durant. Let's I mean, not forget that Kevin no. was Along those lines, do you think professional athletes should use their fame as a platform to make comments about social issues? 47% said yes. 42% said no. People didn't really have no opinion on this. That's just 11%. And it really is people either feel one way or another. Yeah, it's very much split. You know, those numbers are really close when you take into consideration the margin of error. But, um, and, and again, not surprising. There's, people have 
what's interesting to me about that question and the and the kind of 50-50 split more or less is that people I've spoken to have really intense feelings about this. You know, they get really angry about if especially if the player says something they don't agree with, they should shut up. They're basketball players, what do they know? Or baseball players or football players, whatever. But um yeah, it's it, this is one of those issues that split down the middle. And to just kind of put a bow on this uh, this poll, which was a really interesting poll, uh, two weeks ago, the California State Le- Legislature introduced a bill to ban organized tackle football until freshman year in high school in response to the danger of brain injury to younger players. Do you approve of this bill, disapprove, or have no opinion? 46% said they approve. 24% said disapprove. I, I mean... I, I almost don't I even. Almost don't even what else can you say? What else can you say? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, well, you think about this is this is an issue that keeps it. First of all, it resonates certainly with parents, and it keeps growing. The the uh, the kind of anti uh, uh, or the the fear of brain injuries in football um, is is getting palpable, and and um, here's a situation where almost 50% say they kids shouldn't play tackle football till high school, which, you know, to me, that sounds pretty reasonable, honestly. Um, so I, I, I was surprised by that number, but I think it's, um, it, you know, th- there's an ominous uh, message for the NFL there, I think. The, the argument for keeping it is a tough one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The, the argument to say that eighth graders should be tackling is a tough argument. And that, or, or that's Pop the only Warner. How, how I played Pop Warner football. I was probably 10, 11, 12 years old. And, and um, of course, who knew, right? Um, but, it, yeah, the body of evidence that, that it's more dangerous for children to suffer these head injuries is um, it's overwhelming. You know, it's, it's just it's a scientific fact that it's it's too dangerous for their, their kind of growing brains. So yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to defend playing football at an early age. It's, it's just a, it's a hard story that, you know, I love stories that have two sides to it. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I'm saying, I yeah. love debate. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand. The well, it can be like global warming where there's still lots of people who say it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, there's no such thing, but um, when, once the, once the scientists are so unanimous and the body of evidence is so strong that it's real. And this is, this is the same kind of thing. There's no, there doesn't seem to be any dispute of the fact that this is really, really dangerous for kids, not just football. I mean, you know, hockey and any contact sport um, at that age is really dangerous. It's it's pretty amazing. Once again, the Seton Hall sports poll is presented by the Sharkey Institute. At the Stillman School of Business at Seton Hall University. Uh, Rick, Pen- uh, Rick Gentile is Rick Pence. Uh, Rick Gentile is the director of the poll, and it was conducted in mid-February over there at Seton Hall University. We've got another poll in March. We'll have another podcast as well. Rick, have a great one. Thank you, Seth. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.